Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. My name is Amanda Gates. And I'm so excited to share today's show with you. My guest, Judy Miller, is the author of her new book, her new book, called Perfect. What I really loved about this book is Judy's honest admission of growing up not being like others and how it shifted her reality well into adulthood. I think so many of us do this and we carry this baggage We basically lug this steam trunk around and it alters every single thing that we touch in life. Whether it's your career, your relationships, even the commitments that you make on a day-to-day basis, it all stems back to your belief system. So what is so cool is that Judy's belief system was turned on its head by several really cool, some of them kind of really far out there, but really cool and really amazing spiritual events. I am so jealous of these events, which you'll hear in the show. But she shares in the book and she really opens you up to the idea of how perfect is and does exist. And that reality in itself is absolutely perfect. Oh, how I love this theme. Because as we enter into this fall, astrology is telling all of us that we need to change, that we need to transform. But in order to do that, in order to get to the light, we have to experience the darkness. We have to have the contrast, which Judy also talks about in her book. So by doing this, we are forced, we feel like we're forced, but it's the best thing ever, to pare down and simplify You know, you have to realize that by doing this, and only this way, are you going to hear the whispers of your soul. And Judy really exemplifies this in her book. And it's only when you can hear those spiritual whispers, those little musings deep down inside, that you can emerge as the ultimate divine being that each and every one of you are. You're going to emerge fully empowered and it's because you're going to remember your truth. And I think that is what most of us, if not all of us, have forgotten. Sounds pretty freaking perfect to me. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, I want to mention I've extended the sale on my online course, How to Remove Negative Energy. I realized I uh, had closed it down in September, at the end of September, and I realized, oh, shit, We're about to enter into a really uh, traumatic, uh, volatile, uh, just, you know, enter in the XYZ election here in America. (laughs) And I realized we may need to get rid of the gunk and negativity in our house and in our environments more than ever before. 
So I've extended the sale. Just go to interiorvibes.com and the link is at the top of the page. Uh, and FYI, I've had some of you ask me, like, I always, you know, get confused by your websites. Is it Interior Vibes or Gates Interior Design? Same exact website. I just have the two different uh, web links, the two different URLs, because I am an interior designer, but I also do feng shui. And so when I'm talking to someone about feng shui and I tell them, go to Gates Interior Design, they're like, wait, what? I don't need an interior designer. <laughs> so I I don't know. We came up with this like a couple years ago and thought it might be easier. Probably not. This is a good time to be simplifying, right? Maybe I need to do that myself. Also, I want to mention uh, online booking. I had talked about it. Well, I think I've talked about it in a couple of shows, but I had talked about it over the summer that we were getting that up and figuring it all out. And I don't know that I've mentioned at the top of the show that it's up, it's running, it's go time. Um, it is on the website. If you go to the main page, it's at the top in the navigation bar. And I think it's like maybe midway down on the, the homepage. But one of the things that I did want to mention is that I have added a new email service. Uh, my signature service is the Fash Sway where you get an appointment, like a consultation with me via video on Zoom. But not everybody has the time for that. And they don't, you know, they can't get the dates right. And they also don't want to pay that much. So I've added a new email service that saves both time and money. Um, you just uh, send us your floor plan and then I send you the solutions uh, via email. Unfortunately, the stupid system, we use Square. They, In order to book online and to pay online, you have to book a specific time. And this is confusing everyone. And I keep explaining this and it's even detailed in the service itself, but nobody's reading it. So you have to book a specific time in order to book the service and pay online. It's an email consultation. It's all done via email. There is no, there's no specific time. Like I've had some people like sitting by their computer at the time thinking that's when the email was going to come through. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just, it's super confusing. It's so dumb. I apologize, but it is what it is. It allows us to offer the service. It allows you to book and pay online. So, you know, it's sort of a win-win. It's just got that little confusing part in there. But you know what? Hell, it's the best I can do. <laughs> so at least online booking is now available. So you can go on and, and uh, look at my schedule and, and pick a time and a date that works for you. And then you can figure out which service you want. So that is up and live. All righty. Today's show is amazing. It was so great to talk with Judy and, and I really enjoyed this book and, and it really opened my eyes as I was reading it. It just made me realize how much our uh, youth really does shape our reality and uh, without realizing it, we carry those self-limiting beliefs into our adulthood and it's it really... Um, She's got so many uh, great experiences that occurred in her youth, and I know that so many of you are going to resonate with her story. So in today's show, we're going to talk about just reality in general and how we create it and understanding what becoming spiritual really is, you know, and how every event in our lives is really placed there to help us grow up as spiritual beings and evolve. How cool is that? Alrighty. Are you ready? Hell Yeah. Let's do this. Hey, Judy, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Amanda. Thank you. 
Well, I'm so excited to talk with you today. I've actually been looking forward to this all day. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, your book called Perfect. But what I really, one of the things that I'm finding really fascinating about many of the guests that I've had on the show is I'm starting to really see a pattern, especially with women who uh, I just had on uh, a couple weeks ago, Rebecca Thompson. And like you, she had a very left brain analytical career. She's an engineer and has, you know, this awakening of sorts, this massive shift happen in her life that really makes her go a different direction. And as I was reading your book, I realized, wow, the universe was really guiding you to, you know, go a different direction. So catch the audience up. You know, you, you uh, are a CPA, but the universe started to reveal some things to you and, and shift your direction a bit. So catch the audience up to speed and, and tell us how you uh, became a CPA and why you became one and what started to shift for you where you started to awaken. Sure. So I'd love to ask you and your audience some questions. So the first question is, have you ever felt different like you didn't belong? Well, sure. And, you know, I, I think that... <sighs> I think one of the things that really hit me in the heart when I was reading your book is not only did you feel like you were different, and I thought this was really poignant because I think a lot of our audience members will resonate with this, is that not only did you feel different because you had special, I would call them special talents, um, but you also mentioned the fact that you struggled because of people saw you differently because of your race. And you know, I'm sure a lot of people, especially as children, we get bullied for the stupidest things. As adults, we can look back and go, wow, how mundane was that? But I think that there's, you know, I think each of us has something that we can say, yes, absolutely. I felt different because of X, Y, Z. For me, mm -hmm. I felt different because I was like you. I saw things and I felt things and nobody else did. Right. Wow. And then I have two other quick questions for you. They're somewhat related. Have you ever felt incomplete, always searching for someone or something to make you feel whole? Oh, absolutely. 120%. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the last one. Unworthy, always having to prove yourself over and over again. 1,000%. I think that is the, uh, especially for women, I think that um, there's always this crutch. There's this chip on our shoulder where we have to prove ourselves. We've got to be pretty enough. We've got to be smart enough. We've got to be fast enough. We've got to multitask. And, you know, it's, all, it's never enough. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I ask you and, and your audience these questions is because these feelings have literally plagued me for most of my life. I was actually born in Trinidad, which is an island uh, in the Caribbean right off the coast of South America. And like you said, I felt different as a child. It's not about race or discrimination. I just didn't look like other people in my neighborhood. Um, I was also born with 11 fingers and I could sense and feel different energies, especially at night. Um, I started my career as a CPA and then went to work in finance and the healthcare industry for over for over 20 years. And because I felt different, I felt like I was nothing. But what I realized on this journey was that in the nothingness, I could actually be anything that I wanted. So what that means is when we drop the stories, the labels and the judgments, we could all emerge as our true and authentic self. So a lot of perfect is about letting go of those stories. So in the beginning, you mentioned also the subtitle to my book is A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. And a lot of people ask me what forgiveness means. And one of the things that I realize is that there's so many different definitions of forgiveness. 
But for me, it's really, really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So painful and unwanted events are going to happen to all of us. We could either experience it once or we could literally play it over and over in our minds until it becomes stuck, it becomes our identity. So for me, forgiveness is really just letting go of those contracted negative stories that no longer serve us so we could truly move forward in our lives and experience true and ultimate freedom and happiness. Um, so I'd love to give your audience, um, I'm so honored that you took the time to read the book, but I'd love to give your audience kind of like a four minute overview of the book, if that's okay with you. Yeah. And real quick, before we dive into that, just real quick, I have a question because you mentioned um, uh, that you were born with an extra finger. And as I was reading about that, it was an extra thumb. Is that correct? That's correct. And I was curious about that because you said that you had it removed at 13 because they had to wait until your hand was done, uh, fully growing. I mean, 13 is a pretty, that's a pretty old age. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I mean, you know, that's something that, you know, as a girl, oh my God, it's hard to be a girl, Judy. It's so hard. You're trying to fit in and you're trying to be cool and you're, you want to be a part of the cool kids. And, you know, at 13 years old, what was that like for you? Were you trying to hide it or, or, cause you also mentioned that, you know, it, that, that could have been the thing that really separated you, but it was, you know, it, the race was really the thing that you felt more separated by, but I was curious what that was like up until 13, having that extra finger. You know, it wasn't as bad as you would think. Um, I actually, from a, from, a, from a physiological sensation, I think it was more disturbing to me that as a child, people felt that there was something wrong with me that they had to operate on me. Um, so I think that was the cellular memory of why I was so against having the surgery as an adult. Um, so that, that's really what it was for me. It was really that people, adults that I trusted and loved in my life felt that I needed fixing. Mm, Wow, that's powerful because, you know, we learn from our authority figures at such a young age and that could really leave an imprint on you for the rest of your life. Right, but that, as I learned, is just another story and that's why perfect is so much about letting go of those stories that really do keep us prisoners. Okay. Go into your four-minute spiel. (laughs) (laughs) This way we could catch the audience up. So like many of you, I had fears as a child. I was actually afraid of drowning, but I was terrified of the dark. And I was actually also terrified of sexual assault. And I'd never been assaulted. Um, I actually never even shared that fear with anyone until recently when this book came out. And um, at night, I could actually sense and feel different energies. And it scared me because it, it was confusing. I didn't know if they were there to help me or if they were there to harm me. So literally night after night as a child, I would literally crawl into bed, pull the covers over my head and recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until exhausted, I would fall asleep. And Amanda, this was my ritual night after night. And And how old were you when this was going on? This is as long as I could remember and it continued well into my 20s. So- And even in your 20s, you're, you're more intellectual now you're an adult you have an awareness of more things obviously but you don't know where this is coming from that's correct so um i met my husband actually at work he's a cpa also and uh, we got married and had kids and in the exhaustion of raising two incredible kids commuting three hours a day to work and working 40 to 50 hours a week 
in the exhaustion, everything stopped. That terror, that fear that I couldn't explain stopped. But then my kids actually grew up, went off to college, and the house became silent. And in that silence, everything returned. The fear, the energies, the subtle whispers. It felt like someone was always standing behind me. There was eyes staring at me from across the room. I would literally tiptoe around my house, afraid of what I might encounter. And I would wake up in the middle of the night, clutching in fear at my husband. And we actually soon both began to lose sleep. And around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month. And I went to see my doctor and she recommended that I have a hysterectomy. And Amanda, I was terrified of this surgery. I've worked in the healthcare industry for over 20 years and I couldn't understand why I was so afraid, but it felt like the same terror that I had as a child and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. So a very good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. And Barbara was a former NASA physicist and she actually studied the human energy field and what An she amazing learned. book, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I'm so glad you know it. So I, I was amazed that she could actually heal people with her hands. So literally days before my surgery, I'm Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I literally, literally heard the click of a lock, like everything in my life was locking into place. That was Diana, I, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. And, and at the time, I didn't know the role that that my healer would actually play in my family's history. So she helped me. I know me that's that. the big reveal. Don't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually helped me heal after my hysterectomy. And then in the following months, we continued to work together to, you know, explore this uncontrollable fear of the dark that was just paralyzing my life. And uh, we started to look at things from my childhood, but nothing came to light. And then we actually started to explore something that I had actually never even heard of. She introduced me to the, the work of Dr. Brian Weiss. Um, he was a past life regressionist. He was actually a very prominent psychiatrist. He uh, actually studied at Columbia and Yale, and uh, he was very reputable. And he had a patient named Catherine who had these unexplainable fears and phobias also. And during hypnosis, they accidentally uncovered these past lives where these fears were coming from. And by understanding where they came from, she was actually able to heal. Um, so that was amazing work that I was introduced to. And then Mahila and I started talking about the science of epigenetics. We know that our parents are so important in our lives, but the science of epigenetics says that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma from our parents. And they've shown Holocaust survivors that um, their children and their grandchildren actually carry the same pain and terror, not all of them, but many of them carry the same pain and terror that their parents and their ancestors experienced. And they've actually shown this with mice, where they've introduced uh, mice to the smell of cherry blossoms, and then they would zap the mice on the feet. And um, just the smell of cherry blossoms after a while would elicit that fear. But what was amazing was the mice's children and grandchildren were also triggered just by that smell. They would get that same pain and terror in their body. Um, so what we uncovered was that pain and the trauma and that fear that I felt every night as a child and in my adulthood was actually a cellular memory that I got from my mother. Um, but as you know, my story doesn't end there and I won't reveal the entire ending, but there is a shocking past life connection to the very healer that I trusted in this lifetime to heal me. It's the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't give it all away. But in, in, in a previous life, she was the ancestral soul who actually inflicted the pain on my family. But Amanda, in that moment of revelation, 
I could have felt so many emotions. I could have felt fear, betrayal, anger, but I didn't. All I felt was the love and the perfection of the universe. And I saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected across lifetimes and how we're unconditionally loved and how we can choose to heal in any moment. Um, so that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to share that experience with people um, so that uh, so that they could also learn to experience freedom and joy. Yeah. And again, for the audience, the book is called Perfect. And, you know, and I want to mention, you mentioned uh, Brian Weiss. Uh, I think a lot of my audience members have read his book, but Many Lives, Many Masters is probably the one that he's most famous for. And then Messages from the Masters is another one. Have you also read Michael Newton's books? Absolutely. Destiny of Souls and Journey of Souls. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I read all of those when I was in college and like my mind was blown. This was in the 90s <laughs> and I was reading these and I was like, oh my God, but what was so crazy is that when I was in college going through my awakening, um, I was kind of revisiting things that I had experienced as a child and suppressed for XYZ reasons. And this woman, Jory, her name was Jory Green. We were working at a design firm together. And she said, uh, oh my God, you're one of my girls. And I was like, what? I was like 22 years old. I'm like, who the hell are you? I've never met you before in my life, lady. You're crazy. She said, oh my God, <laughs> you're one of my girls. And she said, we've traveled before. We've been together before. She said, you're one of my girls. She kept saying that. And I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. And she was like the Heidi Fleiss of the 1800s. And I was one of her girls. And um, she ended up explaining this whole story to me and, you know, I just thought she was nuts. I was like, I don't know, lady, what you're talking about. And so she gave me, um, many lives, many masters. And she said, you need to read this. She said, we've traveled before this will catch up to speed. And so that was like, in, oh gosh, 1996, I read that book and I was like, wow. so it was that, you know, it's one of those, and you talk about that in perfect where it's like you want to call them synchronicities, but it's like things just start to unfold. Things just start to come into your path and things start to open up for you. And it, 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 you can look back now and go, oh, and you can connect the dots. You may not recognize it when you're going through it, but you can look back and go, oh, I see how the universe was really lining this up for me to get from point A to point B. So I think that's quite special. That's, that's, that's absolutely true because uh, that's exactly what perfect is about. It's how everything literally lined up. Right. And you didn't really, I, I think as things started to pick up, you started to realize it, but I think a lot of us go through that. And I think it's, you know, so poignant for you to be on the show now, because I think a lot of people are in a state of chaos because of the pandemic and, you know, what 2020 has become. And I think it's such a beautiful experience for all of us if we can take a step back and really look at why we're going through this and what the universe is providing us. And I'm going to share a quote that's in your book that I think is awesome, but not quite yet. We're not ready for that. Um, one of the things that I thought was really funny <laughs> I loved from the book I want to share this as you said, I saw spirits and energy as a child. And what I loved is that you mentioned in the book, you said your parents did not think this was unique or extraordinary, but it scared you, which ultimately made you suppress your gifts. And I thought that this was so funny 
because your your parents literally did not think this was unique or extra extraordinary extraordinary and i thought that was funny because that's why most people do suppress it is because their parents freak out and their parents are the reasons why they're like oh this isn't right i'm not supposed to be doing this so I really wanted to ask you more about that, about, you know, your parents' openness to this idea that, you know, you saw things, you experienced things, and yeah, you're not unique, Judy. Everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with the 11 fingers, I wasn't unique. Yeah, you're not so, special at all. <laughs> so as, as I mentioned, I was born in Trinidad, and there's a very more open culture around these types of things. Um, the, the ability to see and sense different spirits, you know, in my family, my grandmother used to see her mother who was deceased. My aunt would see angels. My son actually as a child would tell me all the time that angels would come and play with him at night. So I feel that from, from my parents' perspective, it wasn't unique or different. Um, they felt that everybody has these abilities. It's just a matter of whether or not you're listening to them. But because of the other environment that I grew up in, I spent most of my life in the United States, um, it wasn't that acceptable to tell other children or other people that I could sense and feel these different energies, especially since it was so confusing. Because as I mentioned, one of the other fears that I had that I had never mentioned to anyone was sexual assault. So as a child, how do I even explain this to someone? Right, yeah. I just thought that that was so funny that, you know, <laughs> Parents didn't think that that was anything special because I remember having otherworldly things happen and the adults around me freaking out and their fear. I remember as a child, their fear and kind of like what you were just saying about the cherry blossoms and the mice. It was just such a poor reaction. I was like, oh, well, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's clearly a bad thing because the adults don't agree with it. So you know, I think society's changing. I think people are more open and receptive to this now. Oh, without a doubt. I've had this podcast for 10 years. And when I first started, like I would have guests like you on and the guests would hold back. They wouldn't want to go there. They wouldn't want to get weird with me because they were afraid of putting that information out there and now it's like it all goes there's nobody <laughs> holding back anymore it's really quite beautiful i love it i love that you know or maybe it's just that we're all older now we don't care <laughs> i think it's a combination of the two maybe but, <laughs> so you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago uh which was funny because I, I had a question about this but you 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 say in the book, and I loved this, um, you mentioned that you were different because of your weight, your race. And it you said that you, it prompted loneliness, which I, I, this was so curious for me because I was like, wow, I can see that as a, because as a child myself, I remember not fitting in and never really looking, connecting it to loneliness, but that's exactly what it was. And you say it prompted loneliness and feeling as though you were nothing, but in the nothingness, you could be anything that you wanted. And I loved that. I think that's such a great quote from the book, but I agree that, you know, we have to go through the strife. You have to have the contrast. So explain to me, I, I just, 
when I read the story about Good Friday, I just, oh my God, Judy, I had so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- first and foremost, the significance of it happening on Good Friday. Like, I was curious what Good Friday means to you and why you started to have the experience, you know, the big one on that day. Like, was there any significance to that day for you or is it just that it happened on that day? And share with the audience, I know that it's probably, it's probably really hard to put into words what you experienced. I hear this a lot from other guests that have had NDEs and spiritual experiences. They always tell me that our human language just can't even put it into words. But I really, to the best of your ability, I would love for you to share with the audience. I'm jealous, Judy. I'm jealous. <laughs> I want to know what this unconditional love feels <laughs> I, I, I would love to, and there was actually two experiences in the book when I when I went through this, and I'd love to share both of them with you. You know, I believe that the universe always answers us, but never in the way that we expect. And yeah, as a amen. child, as a child, I always thought near-death experiences were kind of cool. It would be really cool to have one. I never wanted to die, but I thought it'd be really cool to have one. And both of these experiences that I went through in the book almost were like near-death experiences, but my eyes were wide open. And the first one, like you said, I was sitting in church, um, minding my own business, and my kids were probably texting on their phones. We were just sitting there waiting for mass to start. And this overwhelming sense of love literally just descended upon me out of nowhere. And it's every sensation of love, gratitude, compassion, you could imagine multiplied a million times, literally pouring through my body. And it filled me up so much that I literally had to start crying because I just couldn't hold it in. So here I am sitting in church and I'm looking around to see if anybody else in the church is experiencing the same thing, but they weren't. And this message came to me that just basically said, it's your time, it's your time to step forward and serve. And I was just so overwhelmed by this sense of love. And the reason I I mentioned this to you also is because for most of my life, I felt unlovable. And I think right. so many of us, so many of us go through life feeling like that. But if we knew how much we are loved, I don't think we would ever doubt ourselves again. So mm-hmm. that was that was the first experience. Um, can I share with you the second experience? Yes, I want to know. I, I just, I'm so jealous, Judy. I want to <laughs> know what this feels like. So the second experience, you know, I mentioned that uh, my healer introduced me to the the work of Dr. Brian Weiss. And um, the first time I went to his seminar, there were literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people there. And he said 50% of the people would have a past life experience. And I was open and I was ready. But I fell asleep and I slept through the entire thing. Oh, um, no. So that was my first experience of a past life regression. <laughs> so, so when my healer offered to do it in her office, I jumped at the opportunity. And as I laid on her table, I started to slowly rise and I went through this purple mist and then into this bright white light. And it's like people describe in a near-death experience, you know, this bright white light. I was again surrounded by this overwhelming sense of love, but I merged into that love. I became that love. And the message that I got there was, we can all come home, not just me, we can all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are. The joy is in the reunion in remembering who we are. And I think it's such a important message for people today during COVID-19 when we're all being sent home. And I think we're being sent home 
like the message because so many of us have abandoned ourselves emotionally, spiritually, physically, and this mm. is our opportunity to reconnect with ourselves. Mm. I agree. I mean, I think that there's so many benefits that are coming out of what's going on right now. So many positive benefits, but yeah, I, I've heard so many uh, stories of the unconditional love and, and just this. And I think too, sometimes I don't think it's happening so much now, but I remember in the early years hearing stories about the NDEs and the unconditional love. And I think we want to overcomplicate it. We want to make it more like that can't be the answer. That can't be all there is. There's got to be more. And I don't think you can really understand it until like you, you experience it and you can come back and say, nope, that's it. It's all about love. The Beatles were right. <laughs> they <laughs> Absolutely. knew it. Absolutely. All, all you need is love. But you know, I think we complicate, like you said, sometimes we complicate our lives. Um, there's another story in the book that I'd love to share with you as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I felt different most of my life. And, you know, we know through the law of attraction, what we focus on grows stronger in our life. So because I felt different, of course, I attracted that into my life, meaning that, of course, the person I married, my husband, is different racially, culturally, and spiritually, and religiously. So we're different. So that's what I attracted into my life. And for our entire relationship, I've always felt like I didn't belong to his family. I felt that they couldn't love me. So I built an I built an iron wall literally around my heart. And um, when my mother-in-law passed away, and I'm not a medium, but I believe miracles happen when your heart is wide open, I'm not a medium. As I was grieving her, she literally started to communicate with me. And again, she was deceased. And I literally, like a near-death experience, I saw scenes of me and my husband and his family interacting literally go by like in seconds. And I saw all of it. And the message that I got was I, because I felt different, I made myself different. So that was my experience. The, the emotions, the stories, the labels and judgments that we hold in ourselves are just mirrored back to us. And that's why it's so important to let go of those stories and judgments. I would like for you uh, to share, I think it was right after you got married, the incident that happened at the restaurant. Um, I really loved that you said, I think the most painful part is when people judge what they don't really know. And I think that that was really important because as I read that, once again, I was like, oh my God, we're focusing on the wrong things. You know, as people, we, we come up with the stories and the labels and the judgments and we focus on the wrong things. And I want you to share that story because... I want to parlay into this idea how we have to get out of our heads and more into our hearts. But first, share the story about what happened at the restaurant. Just I think it was either right after you got married or just before you got married. Um, so I think there were two, two situations. The first one was literally at our um, pre-wedding dinner where a very drunk inebriated relative came up to me and said that um, my husband's family was very upset. His parents were very upset. One, because I was Catholic, and the second one was because I was not Caucasian. Um, and I took this to heart, and I felt that I couldn't be loved. So what I did was I removed my children from ever being with the 
relative that had mentioned it. So for privacy reasons, I'm not saying who it is, but um, so I, I removed my children from being with their, their aunts and uncles and their cousins um, because I didn't want them to be exposed to that. But I realized when I wrote this book that I was part of the problem. I didn't let him get to know us to realize that we're all actually the same. Mm, right there. That's the message. And I wanted everybody to hear that because I think that, and I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to that, but I thought that that was so poignant for you to share that in your book because one, it has been an affliction that you've had to deal with, you know, all through growing up and feeling different, feeling unworthy. And I think a lot of women that listen to this show can probably resonate and say, yes, I have felt that way too. Number two, I think it shows the importance of why we need to speak up and we need to act. And as women, we often don't. Right. You talk about Absolutely. this in the book, how you, you failed to speak up. And I loved that Diana had you sing to open your throat chakra. I was like, Oh, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm tone deaf, so you don't want to hear me sing. So it's, it's it doesn't quite, matter. Open up that throat chakra. <laughs> but it's actually, it. it's actually quite comical because for most of my life, and it came actually from my mother, so she could never talk about the experience and she was told to never speak of it. So I got that. And I would literally freeze whenever I had to speak. So like you said, my healer told me I had to sing. So, you know, in finance, I used to do presentations all the time. So I would actually sneak out into the parking lot, into my car, turn up the radio, start singing, then go it. back into my office to do my presentations. Um, because for two reasons, number one, it opens up your throat chakra. I believe it also opens up your other chakras as well. But that forward momentum, everything is energy. And I know you talk about this, but that forward energy just kept me talking. Yeah, I loved it because uh, in feng shui, we are taught that we always chant mantras, but one of the reasons that we're told to chant mantras is, is um, the power of your voice and the vibration of the words that you put out via the mantra um, changes the ethers. It, it can provide safety, protection, open the chakras. It has so many vibrational benefits to you to do it. So as I was reading that, and you've got some great exercises in the book, by the way, I'll let, be, you can go out and buy the book and, and see all the great exercises that she has in there. But I loved the idea that you placed that one in there. And I loved that Diana gave that to you for homework. I was <laughs> like, yes, this is perfect. Perfect, perfect. But the reason I wanted you to share that story is because I think that a lot of women do that. We, we have been conditioned uh, to not speak up. And uh, another thing that you talked about in the book is that in order to experience the perfection of the universe, we need to fully embrace our human experience. I love that. We have to embrace our human experience. So one of the ways that we do that is we can get, you say in the book, to get out of our head and into our heart. and um, I feel that this is such a strong message, especially right now, because I'm starting to really see this. Like I said, I've had a lot of guests on the show that have very left brain careers. And I think that we've been pushed, you know, we've been conditioned to think, oh, well, we've got to get the left brain normal, quote unquote, normal job so that we can buy the house and have the kids and blah, 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 blah. And we do things from an analytical, reasonable sense, 
because it's practical and it's what we should do. And we often don't follow our hearts. And you share more about that in the book about how we need to, and how you're really starting to do that now. You're out of your head and into your heart. Tell us why that's important and tell us how you started to do that. Um, sure. So, you know, I mentioned that I was a CPA, but I did mention to you that my parents are accountants, my sister's an accountant, my husband's a CPA, and so is my daughter. So I grew up in a very left-brain environment. Um, but what I learned on this journey is that the truth actually lies in our bodies and not in our minds. So it's so important to actually embody. So what I mean by that is I came up with an acronym, of course, you know, I'm a left-brain person. I had to come <laughs> up with an acronym for how to actually do this, and I call it NEST. So the N stands for we need to really notice or become aware of our stories, right? So we have over 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before, and 80% of them are negative. And we're actually hardwired as humans to look and remember the negative aspects of situations because millions of years ago, it was important for our survival. But we don't live in that reality anymore. So we need to retrain our minds. So that's the first, that's what the N stands for. Um, the E stands for we need to experience the emotions in our bodies and let it go. And so many of us haven't been trained on how to actually truly feel an emotion. We think about it instead, or we're too afraid to feel it. But Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote the book. Love um, her. <laughs> perfect. This is perfect then. So Dr. Bill Jolte, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote a book called um, My Stroke of Insight. She was a Harvard neuroscientist who was actually able to heal herself from traumatic brain injury. And what I got out of her book is the 90-second rule. She says whenever an event happens, either good or bad, it literally only takes us 90 seconds to actually experience that event in our bodies, through our physiology, and then let it go. And after that 90 seconds, it's up to us. Do we just let it go or do we create a story? And then if we do create a story, is it an empowering story or is it a disempowering story? So that's, that's the E. Hang on and one then, second since we're on emotions because this was something else I wanted to bring up. So we're going to put a pin in number S. Hang on. Or alphabet S. <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk about uh, in the book the importance of the emotions and how emotions move through us that we don't move through them. So explain that to us. So it's truly acknowledging feeling the emotions go through our bodies. So if you want to cry, cry. If you want to scream, scream. Truly feel those emotions. I believe life is experienced through the emotions of life. That's how we experience it. So when I say emotions, sometimes it gets a little tricky. When I say emotions, I mean sensations in the bodies without labels. Because if we start labeling it as fear, trauma, or any other thing, it starts to become a story. So let me explain what I mean that really quickly, Amanda. So before I got on the call, um, my heart started to race, my stomach started to flutter, my throat started to tighten up. I could have labeled that nervousness, but those are the same exact sensations I feel when I'm excited. It's me who label it. Oh, Judy, are you still there? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, you, whatever you just said, you just dropped out for like three seconds. So I don't know what you heard or didn't hear. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about how uh, how our emotions, um, well, shit, now I don't remember either. 
I just, our emotions uh, are meant, our emotions truly are meant to be felt. It's really oh, yes, just, yes. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was saying, um, how I felt before I got on the show, I could have labeled it as nervousness or I could have labeled it as excitement because it's actually the same sensations in my body. You should have gone out in your car and started singing. <laughs> I could have, <laughs> I could have absolutely could have. But, but so I thought I... that was important for you to share because uh, once again, we've been conditioned as women, especially that we're too emotional. So I think we suppress that and we don't allow things to be felt and we don't allow ourselves to cry or get angry or show or feel the emotion. So I thought that was really important that you shared that in the book. Mm -hmm. But then let it go. Don't let hang it on go. To it. Yeah. Don't hang on to it. Um, okay. Let's and... go back to S. So S to scratch the record. So I learned this from Tony Robbins years and years ago, but um, we have to scratch that record. So we can't play that same story over and over again. And there's three quick ways to do it. So one is when you start to have that negative thought, flick it off while it's still an ember before it actually starts to take root and becomes a blaze. So you could either do cancel clear, you could do cancel cancel, you could replace it with a more empowering story. A lot of people put rubber bands on their hands. So as they start to do or think about something negative, they actually snap the rubber band. And the reason I think that works is because it disrupts our thought pattern, but it also gets us back into our body. And then the last one that I learned from Tony is called zany crazy thing. I call it zany crazy thing. But you've got to do something so absurd to disrupt that pattern. So whenever my husband and I get into an argument, we agree that one of us is going to reach over and grab the other person by the nose. And you can imagine, if you're visualizing this, that it's probably <laughs> very weird and stupid looking, but we start to laugh. We exactly. can't even remember what we are arguing about. So come up with something zany or crazy that actually disrupts the story. I love that because you would start to laugh as soon as you said that I envisioned that. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then the T is tender, loving care. And it gets back to what I was saying before that so many of us have actually abandoned ourselves. We abandoned ourselves emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, we're also worried about so many other people and so many other things, but when we are worried about other people and other things, who's home for us? No one. So it's so important to have self-love and self-care, and it's not arrogant or selfish. When we love ourselves more deeply, we have more love to share with others. Well, and I think it's okay to have help. You know, I think that that was one of the great things about what I think is really I want to say interesting, but it wasn't. I mean, it was definitely, you can see when you get to the end, you're like, oh yeah, the universe was really leaving her some breadcrumbs. But I think that, you know, all the parts and pieces, how they really came together to get you from point A to point B. And yeah, you were zigging and zagging there a little bit, but you know, <laughs> the sheer fact that Diana came into your life, it's like, that was no accident, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> You want to hear something really, uh, I'm still blown away by it. So I do believe we all have a higher version of ourselves, our higher selves. And when, and not to, to spoil the end of the story, but when Diane and I were talking about how we were connected, out of my mouth, and I don't know, even know where this came from, out of my mouth, I said, I promise to find you. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, where did that come from? And during that conversation, she turned and she said, 
you know who I am. And um, I really do believe it was our higher versions of ourselves talking to each other. Um, so, yeah. And I loved you shared this very uh, intimate moment that you two had when you went and saw her. I think it might have been the last time when you read her The Little Soul in the Sun. And Judy shares this in her book. This is on page 161. We're all perfect. We're beings of light here to learn. And that requires context because we can't experience our perfection until we know the opposite. We can't know light without darkness, good without bad. It's a simple, simple couple of sentences there, but man, is that important to hear. You have to have the contrast. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, why is 2020 happening? Why do we have to go through this pandemic? This is so hard. But <laughs> now people are like, man, remember when you could go shopping without a mask? Remember when you could hug people? You have to have the contrast to understand it, to be able to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Really Absolutely. Can, can I share just one other thing with you? So yeah. whenever something happens, and I, I take it to the body. Remember, I'm trying to experience these things in my body, not in my head. When something happens and I feel a contraction in my body, I actually say thank you. And I say thank you because it means to me that I have something to let go of. An emotion, a sensation, a story, a label, a judgment that I need to let go of that I'm hanging on to. And I believe that's where we are as a society. We have a contracted feeling you know, with our relationships, with the planet, and it's our opportunity to heal. I think that's what 2020 is all about, is the opportunity to heal. Mm, I love that. And that's so funny. I say thank you constantly. I stub my toe. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I have an amazing thing happen. Thank you. My ears ring. Thank you. <laughs> I can not get any better than this. <laughs> right. I love it. And I'm, I wonder if my guides are up there going, good Lord, really? You stubbed your toe. You don't have to thank us for that. <laughs> well, I just wanted to uh, share this one. This is on the very last page of Judy's book. This is on page 178. And I think that this just, you know, wraps it up with a bow. Um, in beautiful wrapping paper. What if, like a jigsaw puzzle, there are no wrong pieces? Of course there isn't, Judy. What if each one has its place in the whole? When we look at life that way, everything changes. Everything shifts. Suddenly, we see the world as it really is. Perfect. It's really a great book, Judy. I think it's so great. And I'm, I'm so pleased that you shared uh, your story with us. And, you know, I think that there are probably a lot of people out there that have amazing things. I mean, holy cow, Judy, if you didn't put this in the book or any book, I should say, I mean, what a shame because as you, everything starts to unfold and reveal itself, I just, it was a page turner. I was like, no way. <laughs> and just when I think you've shocked me enough, I flip another page and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, I am so glad you enjoyed it. Um, well, and I think it's, it's really a, a great room. It was a reminder of so many things. Like I, I'm, you know, I, I tend to really notice details and mundane stuff that probably most people don't, but the little things about, you know, the conditional stuff that happened to you as a child and the little things that, you know, maybe prevent you from 
feeling like you're worth it or the little things that prevent you from speaking up, which then shows itself and presents itself not only in your marriage, but, you know, in your career. And as you move forward, these little breadcrumbs, it's like the universe is like, okay, enough is enough. Like this nonsense is going to end. We're, we're going to put you on your real path now. You're ready. And it's like, they gave you your cape and your crown and your, and it's like, you don't realize you're ready, but then good Friday happens. And it, and then Diana shows up and you're just like, oh my God, how can one person have all of these things? Like this is amazing, <laughs> you know? So I think that, um, it's just such a great reminder for all of us to take a step back and really look at the events that take place in our life and how they Yes, we have free will. Yes, we have the ability to make our own decisions, but we came in with a promise. We came here to um, learn and grow as souls, which you will learn when you read Destiny of Souls and all the other ones. And uh, Jill Bolte-Taylor's book is My Stroke of Insight, which is another amazing book. Everybody should read that one. (laughs) But I mean, she's got that great explanation when she's going in and out of consciousness and she's talking about going online and going offline and going online and how she's the same cellular molecular composition as the wall. I love that paragraph when she's talking about that. But it proves to us that there's more. Your experience on Good Friday, again, I'm so jealous, Judy. Like, I understand when you say that you wish that you've had an NDE been there done that like I, I I've had all of these guests on the show and I know I need to be careful what I wish for but I've had so many guests that have had these experiences and I'm like wow what was that like <laughs> but Amanda I think it's available to everyone and I think oh it the is reason, the reason I went through it I believe for me at least was because my heart was wide open mm-hmm. yeah Karen Noel when I had her on last year uh, man, she's, you know, she doesn't remember, but she apparently had an NDE when she was like one or two years old and her heart is so wide open. She has this great story where, uh, she and, uh, Dr. Eben Alexander were in Hawaii. They were out on a boat and she said the whales are nearby and everybody was like, what? She's like, the whales are nearby. And then all of a sudden the whales started popping up out of the ocean. And they were like, how the hell did you know that? She said, they were speaking to my heart. I could feel them. I mean, that wow, just blows wow. my mind. But you know, the resonance. Amanda, that, that's, that's truly amazing. That's incredible. But you know, we all can open our hearts. And can I share with you how I opened mine? Yes, yes, absolutely. And it was discovered quite by accident. So, you know, in the book, I talk about going to my healers every week. And as I laid on the table, as she worked on me for 15 to 45 minutes, I literally just discovered this by accident. I would lay there and you can do this now. I just laid there with my eyes closed and I would bring in a picture of a person that I loved. And I would think back to a memory of a loving memory. Um, It could be a person, it could be a place, it could be an animal, it could be a friend, it could be a partner. what was I doing, feeling, tasting, touching? I would literally feel all of those sensations. And again, I was there for 45 minutes. So after I imagined that, I would bring in another image. And it could be a beautiful sunset. And just feeling that in every cell of my body. And then it could be my first time I ever saw a snowfall. Or the first kiss that I ever had. Or the first time I held my son. And I would just bring in image after image. And experience it. 
And I felt my heart literally opening. And, and this last part I actually learned from my mentor, Dr. Sue Mortar. She says, multiply that even 10 times more and then put your hand on your heart and say, this is for me. This is me. And I literally would do this every week when I went to see my healer. And during one of our times together, I opened my eyes and she was crying. And I thought she saw something in me literally that was incurable. I thought there was something wrong with me. That's why she was crying. And literally what she said is, I have never seen such a beautiful heart chakra. And I think it was because I was just feeling the sensation of love. And the reason I wanted to share, Amanda, with you and your listeners is because it's not dependent on anyone or anything. We could create this in any moment for ourselves. That's awesome. It reminds me of Ram Dass's story when he was in India and he met the guru and he couldn't, he didn't know the concept of a guru. And he was talking about how he met this man and didn't really know anything about him. And, and this man knew his whole life story and had never met him before. And Ram Dass talks about just falling to this man's feet and just weeping and weeping. And he said, that was the moment that my heart chakra opened. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. His guru Maharaji, um, you know, he's this, Indian guru that all of these spiritual beings knew about and he was quite psychic and he knew all these things about uh, Albert before he was Ram Dass and Ram Dass being the logical, reasonable, practical American thought, why are all these people kissing this dude's feet? That's dumb. And then he meets the guy and he feels the energy and he realizes that this man knows everything about him. And he's beyond, he's like in the eighth dimension. And the click that you talk about in your book is kind of what he explained. He said that when he met this, this guru, that there was like a click up, it was a pop and it was his heart chakra. And after that, that's when he became Ram Dass. Wow. Wow. I know. That's like amazing. It's, it's pretty incredible the things that we do when we come on this planet <laughs> to remind us who we are. So, so I, have this, I have this mentor of mine, and uh, she always seems to know what I'm thinking, and it perplexes me. So I asked her one day, I said, how do you even know what I'm about to say? And she explained it quite simply to me. Um, I don't get it yet, but she explained it to me. She says, that's because we're one. Mm, yeah, it's so. beautiful absolutely beautiful well thank you judy so much for sharing your energy and your time with us today and sharing your amazing story uh with my audience i hope that they all go out and get your book where can they find you how can they stalk you where can they get the book <laughs> so so the ebook they can get on amazon um it's actually exclusive to amazon for the first 90 days because the book just came out but the paperback and the hardcover, can get, they can get at any reputable um, retailer. But they should go to Judy with an I, Miller.net. And uh, if they purchase the book, they actually get five free bonuses from some of my favorite teachers, um, Janet Atwood, Marcy Shymov, Deborah Pond, and then Dr. Sue Mortar. So there's five free bonuses with each purchase. And then, because I love your listeners, if they go to my website, um, there's actually my free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within. No purchase necessary, just my gift to you. And um, all my social media handles are there as well. Awesome. 
Well, thank you, Judy. I am so honored that you said yes to this and, and again, shared your energy with us today. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this show. I know I did, which was awesome. Uh, it's also a really great book. Easy read, not very, uh, not a really big, thick book. So it's something that uh, each and every one of you can go out, pick up today and uh, read pretty quickly. But I think more importantly, it's just the experiences that she has and the journey that she takes you on. And I think that you'll find a lot of her story in your own, which I think is great. It really promotes spiritual growth and awakening and just all the good shit that we're all about to go through, right? <laughs> uh, don't forget uh, how to remove negative energy. I've got it on sale. Just go to the website and the link is at the top of the page and online booking is also available now. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on this show today. If you like the show, be sure to go on over to iTunes, leave us a review, helps us rank and it helps people find us. Plus, we love to hear from you guys. Always love to hear how the show is uh, transforming your life or benefiting you in some way. We love to hear that. All right, everyone. Trust the vibe because the energy never lies.